Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right, guys. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events in and around Denver for $39 a month. For instance, over the next few weeks, you could have hit up the big, wonderful beer fest. Jeff Dyack Comedy Works. They've got Taps and Tails. Jay Balvin at the Pepsi Center, who I actually just saw setting up Sunday morning when I was heading into Nuggets practice. They've got IndyCard Haunted House. There's literally something for everyone on In We Go. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, really anything that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. So guys, here's where it gets good. We've partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners an awesome deal. If you go to inwego.com backslash BSN right now, or if you download their app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All those events in Denver and many more for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it, and I guarantee you, you're going to fall in love with it, just like we all did here at BSN Denver. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Of course, the BSN Nuggets podcast, always presented by In We Go, the subscription that can get you into almost any of it in Denver. Monday edition of the pod solo show today. What I'm going to do on today's show, recap this Nuggets preseason. Preseason's over. We've got a couple days until the Nuggets regular season opener in LA against the Clippers October 17th. It's almost here, people. Finally. Hallelujah, as I wrote recently. But on today's show, I'm going to go over the preseason kind of from a high level, go over some winners and losers who I really felt stood out, who really helped themselves from my perspective over the course of training camp, over the course of preseason, and also who hurt themselves, because we should definitely touch on that as well. One note before we get going here, I know we've got a ton of loyal listeners out there who listen to this podcast every day, five days a week when we record, and I certainly appreciate all you guys, all you loyal listeners. Our numbers have been growing by the week, by the month. I can tell you guys are excited for the season. Our podcasts are always free. They will remain free, but if you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, you're missing out on most of our coverage, to be quite honest. We have a ton of written content on bsndenver.com when it comes to the Nuggets. We write something off of every practice, off of every game, 
straight from the locker room, straight from the players, straight from Michael Malone. And after every practice, every shoot-around, we tell you guys what you need to know. What went on at shoot-around or practice that day, we'll probably talk about it on the podcast, but to read quotes in their entirety, straight from Nikola Jokic's mouth, straight from Jamal Murray's mouth, and straight from Michael Malone, you've got to be subscribed to bsndenver.com. So if you're not a subscriber, it's really cheap. It's just $4.99 a month if you want to go on a month-to-month basis. If you want to buy a year subscription, it's as low as around $2, $2.50 a month. Really not a lot of money for great detailed day-to-day coverage of the Nuggets. And like I said, we talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. There's a whole nother side to our coverage that you're not getting if you're not subscribed to bsndenver.com. That's all I got to say about that. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe if you want even more content. But without further ado, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Chris in Denver, take it away. Hey, this is Chris in Denver. Uh, first off, congratulations to Harrison for winning the skills contest. Uh, second, what do you guys think of the preseason? Has anything uh, changed your minds? Do you feel more or less confident about anything? Um, personally, I'm more confident in Trey Lyles. Whenever you hear the Nuggets talk about the core, they always refer to Jokic, Murray, and Harris. But they also include Lyles, too. Uh, after his preseason, it looks like he's going to be a big part of this franchise going forward. Definitely a big part this season. Um, I also no longer think the bench is going to be a, a big negative. It may not be a positive, but it's not going to be like it was last year where they put Moutier on the court and they surrender 10, 15 points in three minutes. Um, excited for the season. Look forward to the coming coverage. I uh, hope to see a lot of the listeners at uh, the Stiffs and Nuggets watch party on Wednesday at Rhinehouse. Um, keep up the great work and go Nuggets. Appreciate the call, Chris, as always. And yes, thank you for the kind words about the skills challenge. That was a fun event put on by Nuggets PR. Put us through a bunch of drills. They had a couple of the Nuggets player development guys out there, which was a lot of fun to work with them. Did a vertical leap test, did a shuttle run, did a 40-yard dash. They recorded all those times for us. Three-point shootout, some knockout, and then some five-on-five scrimmaging. I can't tell you guys all the juicy details you probably want to know about who really showed out and which particular media members probably left a little to be desired out on the basketball court. I'm sworn to secrecy. All of us media members made a pact that we would leave what happened on that practice court on the practice court. Um, But it was definitely a fun event, and uh, I I hope they do it again for sure. There were some pictures and videos leaked out by Altitude TV, who was chronicling some of the event on their Twitter account. So check that out for some videos. But yeah, it was a fun event, and it's always fun to just get out on the Nuggets practice court. It's a little longer than you always think when you're running down the court on a fast break. You get a little more tired playing on a 94-foot full-length court than you do on your classic court at 24-Hour Fitness or the YMCA. So it was definitely fun. Hope to do it again. And maybe some more details of the afternoon on a Saturday will leak out over the next couple weeks or so. We'll see about that. But... What I want to get to in Chris's question is what he had to say about Trey Lyles because that was one of my big winners from Nuggets training camp. Trey Lyles looked amazing. Um, We had heard the hype throughout training camp while in San Diego that, hey, Trey was 
you know, one of the best players on the court throughout practices. He had no hesitation when shooting the ball from three. He was stronger. He was demolishing guys in the post. He was having his way with smaller defenders inside, outside, from all over the court. We had heard those stories at training camp, but then again, we don't get to see practice. It's just hearsay. It's all secondhand stuff. But we did see what everybody was talking about throughout training camp show up in the preseason. The hype he generated in San Diego and throughout practices, he backed it up. I mean, he established himself throughout these five preseason games as the focal point of Denver's second unit. Whenever that second unit was out on the floor, and they spent a lot of time out on the floor together this preseason. Michael Malone played his starters a lot together. A lot of times, those five guys were out on the floor together, and that bench unit, those five guys spent a lot of time out on the floor together as well. And when that second five was out there, the Nuggets really ran their offense through Lyles. When they were in the midst of a set, when they were in the midst of a play, and Lyles all of a sudden got a smaller defender switched onto him, Denver aborted whatever action they were trying to run, quickly recalibrated their offense and found Lyles, whether he was on the block, whether he was on the elbow, whether he was just on the wing or the top of the key, really no matter where he was on the court, if there was a switch and Lyles had an advantage on the offensive end, the Nuggets made it a point to get him the ball. And Lyles responded by averaging 12 points, seven and a half rebounds per game, three and a half assists in just 23 and a half minutes per game. So he scored the ball really efficiently, around 50% from the field, shot it pretty well from three. It doesn't seem like the 38% he shot from three was a fluke by any means last season. He shot the ball really well. His stroke looks good, looks consistent. The other part of his offensive game, his individual offensive game that jumped off the screen to me, watching him on TV and live in person those couple games in LA and San Diego was he looks really strong right now. And that was something else we heard from training camp, the stories from that practice court at San Diego State. He came to camp in the best shape of his life. He's stronger. And Lyles is a big dude. That's sometimes what you forget about him. He's 6'10", like 230. Maybe you think of him as like this 6'8", 6'9 guy, but he's a legit 6'10". He is a big guy. And he looks stronger now than he ever has, not just in his career with the Nuggets, his short run here, but in his NBA career. He looks really strong right now. And when he gets into the post or that mid post area on the block or a little further up the lane, and he's got a defender who's about his same size or smaller, he's going to put a shoulder into that guy, create some space, and then just let go that beautiful fadeaway that he hit a lot over the course of the preseason and last year too. Just that one-footed fadeaway where he's just creating just enough space to get that shot off, and more than not, that shot's going in. So his stroke looks really good, but he looks really strong as well, and that's going to help him generate a ton of offense this year. The other part of Lyles' offensive game that really impressed me, and another reason why I had him as one of my big winners from this preseason, was his playmaking ability. And this was something we didn't really see a ton last year. Lyles last season in his first year with the Nuggets, mainly coming off the bench, just 1.2 assists per game, pretty much on line with what he put up in his first two years in Utah. But Lyles registered four or more assists this preseason in three different games. 
And last year, he only did that three times in 73 games last year. So we're seeing a whole different side to Lyles' offensive game. We saw him score the ball last year, but we're seeing him do that again, but also with a little added playmaking component. And that really helps because, like I said a couple minutes ago, the Nuggets are running their offense, their second-unit offense, almost through Lyles. Now, they still take on the equal opportunity identity that the Nuggets have with their starters. Monte Morris loves to get his teammates involved. He is really unselfish out there. He's always looking to set his guys up. Malik Beasley has been looking to set his guys up, too. He's really been playing within himself, and I'll get some more notes on him in a second. Mason Plumlee's been really solid. Torrey Craig, you know, he just seems like another piece in the machine right now. He's never going to really look for his individual offense. Trey Lyles seems like the focal point of this Nuggets second unit. And when Chris asks, should we be referring to Trey Lyles as a part of this Nuggets core? I think the Nuggets want him to be a part of their core. I think they want him to be here for years and years and years. There's some uncertainty around who this team's starting power forward might be after this coming season when Paul Millsap has that team option on the table that I'm sure the Nuggets will decline. And sure, maybe Paul will be back here on uh, another deal at a lower dollar amount, but Will he be the starter? Would Trey Lyle step up? Would somebody else be the starting power forward? There are still some questions there. The thing is, and the hesitancy I have to lump him into this Nuggets core is, we don't know for certain that Trey Lyle is going to be a Denver Nugget in 2019-2020. After this coming season, the Nuggets had until Monday to extend Lyle's off of his rookie contract. And That's a league-wide date. Every team has until the day before the start of the regular season to agree to a rookie extension uh, with eligible players. There's only a couple guys who have gotten it done by the time I'm recording this. Carl Towns, of course, Devin Booker, and Justice Winslow just came down the wire a few days ago. Him and the Heat agreed on an extension, but it doesn't look like the Nuggets and Lyles are going to agree to one. So Lyles will be a restricted free agent next summer. And of course, the Nuggets with that restricted free agency status have all the power to match any deal that Lyles goes out there and signs. Whatever offer sheet he might sign, they also could just sign him to a new contract next summer if that's what Lyles wants to do, like they did with Nikola Jokic this past offseason. But Lyles could go out there and sign a big offer sheet that the Nuggets don't match. That's, of course, a possibility. Granted, Restricted free agency hasn't been too fruitful to players over the last couple of years. Uh, so not sure what's going to happen this coming summer. I know a lot of teams are going to have money, but you never quite know what it's going to be like, I feel, until you're actually there on July 1st and even you know the week or two after July 1st once restricted free agency really gets going. So I do think the Nuggets want him to be in their core. Uh, I get the feeling the Nuggets want him around here for a long time. They're big believers in him. They He was the main reason, I feel, like they made that move to move back in the 2017 draft because they were getting Trey Lyles in that deal. Maybe he could be their starting power forward, um, but they'll have to see what happens in restricted free agency next summer. So because of that, I don't feel like I could really put Lyles as a part of this Nuggets core alongside Jokic, Murray, Harris, and Will Barton. The other part of Chris's question about the bench, 
I guess I'll just go into this right now, but the whole bench in general was another one of my big takeaways and my big winners from this preseason. I cannot begin to describe how many times we spoke about the Nuggets bench and a lot of the question marks around that unit over the summer. Who would be their starting point guard? What kind of depth would they have on the wings? How would they find minutes for Lyles and Mason Plumlee up front? I feel like a lot of those questions were answered right before the season started, and this Nuggets bench has looked great throughout the preseason. In my opinion, it's been the biggest storyline, and the biggest takeaway from this preseason is this Nuggets bench might be all right. It doesn't seem like it did last year when the starters would go off the floor, the bench would come on, and Denver would just see leads evaporate before the rise, struggle to score, struggle to defend. It really does seem like this bench has a chance at holding their own. Now, it's just the preseason. Trey Lyles is going to need to play this way during the regular season. Mason Plumley as well. I have no reason to think those guys won't. Monte Morris will still need to take care of the ball. Malik Beasley will still need to make shots. Torrey Craig needs to defend. But I personally have a lot more confidence in this bench unit now than I did at the start of the offseason when I had a lot of questions about it. But I mean, look, Monte Morris has stepped in as the Nuggets backup point guard. and He's made sure that second unit hasn't missed a beat. He's handed out 25 assists, just nine turnovers in the preseason. He looks like a 15-year veteran out there. He looks like a playoff-tested veteran out there. The scene, the situation hasn't looked too big for him so far. Mason Plumley looks more athletic now following that surgery he had this offseason to repair that core muscle injury. He looks springy. He's skying for lobs like he's Randy Moss out there. Plumley shot 25 of 37 this preseason. It's like 68% from the field. 12 of his 25 field goals were dunks. <laughs> and like behind Jokic, Plumley gives the Nuggets some of the best center depth in the league. Malik Beasley, he's looked really solid too. He's made some mechanical adjustments to his shooting motion over the summer. Shot 12 of 23 from three-point range in the preseason. I think he missed his last five attempts or so too. So his percentage was a lot higher before that last game. I still am going to need to see Beasley do it in the regular season. It does seem like he'll start the year in the rotation. He was the second sub off the Nuggets bench behind Trey Lyles and the Nuggets quote-unquote dress rehearsal against the Bulls so it seems like he does have a spot at least to start the year in the rotation and Torrey Craig and Wancho Aaron Gomez there's where there's some uh, questions I guess around the bench rotation I had assumed those minutes were going to be Torrey Craig's Wancho got those and like I said the quote-unquote dress rehearsal my read on that situation is that last spot that 10 spot in the rotation between Torrey Craig and Wancho, that could be fluid on a night-to-night basis. Michael Mullen might go with the hot hand. I think he wanted to reward Wancho for how well he shot the ball over the course of training camp and in practices and somewhat in the preseason too. So I wouldn't say Torrey Craig is out of the rotation. I'd say that that's kind of a fluid situation and you know his number could be called before you know it. Overall though, the benches look great. It's been my biggest takeaway from the preseason as the starters have looked clunky at times and didn't really click until a few points here and there 
maybe in that game against the Clippers and then maybe in that game against Chicago. The bench has been on fire, and they've really clicked. Talk about equal opportunity basketball. That's what the Nuggets bench has been playing, more so than the starters probably. So thank you for the question, Chris. And again, if you guys ever have questions for the show, if you want to get involved in the discussion, if there's something that's just burning a hole in your brain that you want us to talk about, hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call. If you've never called before, all it is is just an answering machine, so leave your name and leave where you're calling from. 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. Before I get into some other winners and a few losers from this Nuggets preseason, got to tell you guys about this really awesome deal right now for BSN listeners with Total Beverage. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. But did you know that they're now delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie? For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $20 off purchases of $100 or more on their website and app. The only caveat is you've got to use code SPOOKY, S-P-O-O-K-Y, to save that $20. So again, get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more on their website and app. You got to do it in one of those two places if you use the promo code SPOOKY, S-P-O-O-K-Y. KY for all your Halloween parties and have it delivered to your door. You can also download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN10 as always for $10 off your order. That's promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for 10 bucks off your next liquor delivery order. Another one of my big winners from this Nuggets preseason was Michael Malone. And the reason why Michael Malone is a big winner from this Nuggets preseason is because he exited the preseason with his number one goal, with his top priority accomplished. And his number one goal was the same number one goal that every coach has entering the season. He enters the regular season with 17 healthy players. It's the number one thing coaches are worried about throughout the preseason Yeah, I want to get my regulars out there. Yeah, I want my starting five and my rotation to form some chemistry and some cohesion before the regular season. I don't want opening night to be the first time my regular guys might play deep into the fourth quarter. Well, above all that, coaches are worried about health. And there were some bumps and bruises along the way, like any team's going to have. But the Nuggets didn't have any major injuries. And you can't say the same for San Antonio, who is just decimated at the point guard position right now. You can't say the same for some other teams in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. But the Nuggets do enter the season at full health. Now, Nikola Jokic's finger still bothering him a little bit. He's still wearing some tape on that or or a finger wrap or whatever you want to call it. He has not shot the ball particularly well from the foul line this preseason you got to think the finger might be a reason uh, why that is the case. He's missed two free throws on two separate occasions, like two free throws in a row. Gone 0-2 from the line on two separate occasions this preseason. I cannot remember him doing that once last year. Um, But it's weird because he was 8-for-8 from the line that Lakers game. 
then was 4-5 from the line that second Lakers game, won just 1-4 from the line versus Perth, and then 0-2 from the line versus Chicago. He had not been shooting the ball particularly well from the field in the preseason until that last game in Chicago where he goes 6-9 in just 28 minutes. I've seen some people be a bit worried and act a little worried about Jokic online, on Twitter and whatnot, and commenting on my stories. I don't really understand what the concern is. Sure, Jokic has looked a little disengaged, a little disinterested in the preseason, like a lot of guys have. I'm fairly confident that he'll flip that switch once the games start to matter for real. And people have been knocking what he's done on the offensive end of the floor and kind of how disengaged he's looked there. I mean, look, the two games where he posted big numbers, I mean, that game against Perth, 22 minutes, 1 of 5. Nobody on the Nuggets starting lineup looked like they wanted to be out there that game. The opener against the Lakers, sure, he shoots just 3 of 8 from the field. But, I mean, he had 14 points on you know 8 shots in just 21 minutes. In that second game against the Lakers, 20.6 rebounds, 4 assists in just 23 minutes on 7 of 10 shooting. In this last game against the Bulls, 28 minutes, he looked like he was sleepwalking out there and still rolls into 15.7 rebounds, five assists, a block, and two steals in 28 minutes on 6-9 shooting. I would not be worried about Nikola Jokic on the offensive end of the floor for this regular season. I think he was a little disinterested in the preseason. You could probably see that in his body language, but I'm fairly confident that flip will switch once the regular season is here. I expect Jokic to have a monster year, as I've said time and time again on this podcast. I think he's going to be an all-star this year. That stretch he had to close the year when he averaged like 23 points, 11 rebounds, six and a half assists per game. That's the type of Nikola Jokic I think we are going to get this year. He gets so many easy baskets, so many tip-ins, so many putbacks, so many layups. You look down for one second, you look back up at the scoreboard, and he's got 10 points on four or five shooting and four rebounds and three assists in 12 minutes. This guy gets buckets so easily, so quickly, so effortlessly. I think he's going to have a monster year, and I'm not worried at all by how he's looked, how he's carried himself, or any parts about his game, what he showed over the course of the preseason. Another winner I have from this Nuggets preseason is Denver's aggressive defensive scheme. Now, I know we haven't associated the words defense with the Nuggets in a positive light over the past couple years, but if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I think Denver's going to have a top 20 defense this season. Hey, did you look at the defensive numbers and how they stacked up against the rest of the league over the preseason? I bet you didn't know that Denver finished the preseason with the seventh best defense in the league. Now, I'm not using that to double down on my point or provide evidence to my argument that Denver's going to have a top 20 defense. It's just the preseason. Look, they played a team from Australia. I wouldn't take a ton away from that. But looking for flashes here and there on the defensive end of the floor, I think you saw the makings of what could be a league average defense. And the game I'll point to is against the Bulls because say what you want about the Bulls. They're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference this year. That was the one game that, for the first three quarters at least, 
both teams pretty much played their rotation as they will play in the regular season. There were quality NBA players out there for pretty much three quarters and into most of the fourth quarter for both Chicago and Denver. Definitely for Denver, and uh, Chicago's bench was out there too late in the fourth. But there's one possession uh, that I put on my breakdown of winners and losers from the Nuggets preseason on bsndenver.com that you can only see again if you're a subscriber. So bsndenver.com backslash subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. But it was a great defensive play. Chicago pretty much enters the ball from Chris Dunn to Zach Levine, who's on the elbow. And Zach Levine, who's guarded by Gary Harris, gets a screen from Robin Lopez. Nicole Jokic, who's guarding Robin Lopez, jumps out to thwart Zach Levine's path, jumps out to hedge that screen. Zach Levine has to retreat. Gary Harris gets back, and Nicole Jokic sprints back to his man. Then, a split second later, Robin Lopez comes back up, sets another screen on Gary Harris, who's guarding Levine. Jokic, right there up at the level of the ball again, forces Zach Levine into a travel. It was just one possession, but there were a lot of examples of that over that game, throughout that game against Chicago. We've heard the talk about a defensive scheme that's aggressive where Denver's bigs are playing up at the level of the ball, just like we did last year. And I think those plans were aborted last year when Paul Millsap went down and Denver had to change the strategy on that end of the floor. But this year, like they did last year, they're going to start the year playing aggressively on the defensive end of the floor. Nikola Jokic, that's how he prefers to play. He does not prefer to sit back and let opposing point guards just come right at him. He prefers to be up at the level of the ball, and that's how the Nuggets are going to start the season. So, of course, Jokic will have to play well. He'll have to stay out of foul trouble. He'll have to play smart. He'll have to be thinking, having his head on a swivel and whatnot. But the Nuggets think he can do it, and I'm really excited to see it. And that's probably the best chance the Nuggets have to getting that defense back into league average territory. What they've been doing over the past couple years for most of the chunks of the season certainly haven't worked. So they'll see if this works. And look, Denver was 23rd in defense last year. If they would have given up a basket less per game, they would have posted a league average defense. So it's right there for them. Uh, They just need a little more commitment, a little more buy-in and I do think they've shown signs over the course of this preseason that they're well on their way to that league average defense. That game against Chicago, they forced the Bulls into 19 turnovers. They scored 20 points off those takeaways. Jamal Murray had five steals against the Bulls. Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap each recorded two. So if they keep posting defensive efforts like that, and I know it was against Chicago who doesn't exactly take care of the ball. They don't exactly have the best ball handlers in the backcourt. But if the Nuggets can keep posting more defensive performances like that, this will easily be a league average defense. So I do think this new aggressive scheme, mainly because of what they did against Chicago in the one game in the preseason that you can really look at and say, okay, this was an accurate representation of a regular season game in terms of rotations and whatnot for the most part. The defense looks solid. With that, let me go ahead and take a break real quick. I'll be right back on the other side with one more question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. 
and my losers from the Nuggets preseason. We'll be right back. Hey, BSNers, just a quick reminder that annual subscriptions at bsndenver.com right now are only 25 bucks for the entire year if you use promo code BSN25. Yes, that means unlimited access to Denver's best sports coverage for a year for only 25 bucks. That comes out to 208 per month. Stop reading the blogs and ditch the dying newspaper. Yikes. And join the family at BSN Denver today with promo code BSN25. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwigo, the subscription that can get into almost any event in Denver, Monday edition of the show. So here are my losers from the Nuggets preseason. The first one I want to start with is Paul Millsap's offense. Because, look, as anticipated, Paul Millsap was Denver's best defensive player throughout the preseason. He was great on the defensive end of the floor. Look, he recorded at least one steal in all five games. He was always in the right spot to clean up his teammates' mistakes on that end of the floor. He had six blocks in the preseason, three of which came against the Clippers. He was everywhere on defense. He is going to be so valuable on defense. And going back to what I said before the break about how This Nuggets aggressive defense was probably one of the winners of the preseason. Paul Millsap is going to be the main reason why the Nuggets do field a league average top 20 defense this year. He is going to be the catalyst there. His ability to communicate on that end of the floor and on BSNDenver.com, I've got a really interesting article, I thought, from Nuggets practice on Sunday about how the Nuggets are trying to implore their players to communicate more. I'm not going to give any more away on that, but it's a pretty unusual idea, one I've never heard before. So check out bsendenver.com for that. But back to what I was saying about Paul Millsap, he will be the main reason why Denver fields a top 20 league average defense this year. He's a great communicator, a great help side defender, a great one-on-one post defender, perimeter defender as well. He's one of the elite defensive players in this league even at age 33. But for how good he was on defense, he struggled on the offensive end of the floor. He struggled to find a rhythm on offense. Millsap shot just 9 of 28 from the field in four preseason games. He was 0 of 8 from 3. And the Nuggets don't need a ton of offense from Millsap this year. In the starting lineup, he's the fifth option. They've got Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton to take and make shots of all different varieties. They've got those four guys to carry the load for them on the offensive end of the floor when the starters are out there. Even when playing with some of those bench units, Paul Millsap may be an offensive option behind Trey Lyles at times if he's ever playing with him. The Nuggets don't need a ton of offense from Paul Millsap this year, but what they do need is him to play within the realms of Denver's offense Not saying he didn't do that during the preseason because he did do that to an extent, but they just need him to make the shots he should be making. Those 15-footers that the defense gives him, uh, those tough shots through contact around the rim, he's just got to make those. Uh, Those are the kind of shots the defense is going to let the Nuggets have, and Paul Millsap's got to convert there. He's also got to be somewhat of a threat from three-point range. I don't count on Paul Millsap to be a 40% shooter from distance. I don't even count on him to be an upper 30s guy from three. But to keep the defense honest, he's got to shoot in the mid-30s just like he did last year. 35% from three-point range last year. 
quite a bit better than he shot in either of his last two seasons with Atlanta, probably because he's getting more open shots from three-point range in Denver than he did in Atlanta, I would guess. So if he can shoot around that 35% mark from three again, that will be great. But he's got to convert those tough twos that the defense gives him and that he's also been converting for really the entirety of his career. So again, on Millsap, he was one of my losers this preseason just because he struggled on the offensive end. But defensively, I mean, he was great. So just the offensive component of his game is what I had down in my losers column. Another loser for the Nuggets was the end of Denver's bench. I mentioned how the Nuggets second unit impressed, but we didn't see much from the end of this bench. And it was because that game against Perth that Denver kind of screwed around in for the first three quarters and let Perth hang around into the fourth. That was probably the game when the Emmanuel Terrys of the world, where the Xavier Silas's of the world, where uh, the Thomas Welsh's or the Devonna Kuhn Purcells or the Tyler Lydens would have played you know, 20, 25 minutes possibly. Those guys didn't get a lot of time this preseason because they weren't able to play against Perth because Denver, of course, needed to win that game. So the Nuggets played their key reserves into the fourth quarter there. And then they did get some time against the Clippers, but not as much as they could have if Denver took care of their business early in the first half against Perth, which is unfortunate because we're probably not going to get to see Akun Purcell or Leiden or Thomas Welsh a ton. Obviously, the training camp guys got waived last week and are no longer with the team. Shout out to Emmanuel Terry, though, who got a contract with the Cavs, and I'm sure we'll be heading to their G League team. He definitely deserves that, so I'm happy for him there. But those other guys are probably going to spend a lot of the year in the G League, so we're not going to really see him. This was our, our one chance to see him uh, in a Nuggets uniform. I mean, maybe Tyler Lydon will get a few minutes here and there. I don't really anticipate uh, those other guys spending a lot of time with the Nuggets this year. My final loser from the Nuggets preseason is what I call the Pepsi Center familiarity. The Nuggets only played one preseason game at home. So unless they had some practice on the Pep Center main court that wasn't open to the media or that I didn't hear about, they've only played on Pepsi Center's main floor twice. For shoot-around, before the game against Perth, and during Perth that night later on. So only shot two times at Pepsi Center. Every other practice has been on the road or on the practice court. That may not seem like a big deal, but shooting... In an 18,000-seat arena versus shooting in a practice gym is a huge difference. It takes a while to adjust to the depth perception shooting in Pepsi Center compared to shooting in the practice gym. There is a big adjustment period that takes place. So with that, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple practices this coming week where the Nuggets play on Pepsi Center's main court in anticipation of that home opener against the Phoenix Suns. Maybe when they get back from the opener in LA, they have a practice or two on the Pepsi Center main court to get some familiarity there because they need to get comfortable with their surroundings on the main floor in a hurry. The Nuggets played 10 of their first 15 games at home and they need to get off to a good start as I've spoken about many times before. So those are my winners and losers from this Nuggets preseason. Let me know what you guys think. Any winners or losers I didn't mention that you think I should be talking about, let me know. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 
1-800-BSN-8394. We got one more question to get to before we get out of here. Let's go back to the hotline right now. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. Liking your guys' new intro music. When I heard it the first time, it was a, it was a nice little switch up, and uh, you guys did a good job with that. Um, my observation or well, question is about Denver and where they sit now in the the Western Conference because of San Antonio's injury to Dejounte Murray, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Andre Roberson's injuries for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the uh, dysfunction going on in Minnesota. How does that affect uh, the playoff uh, seedings? Who gets into the playoffs? How do you think that will play out during the year? I appreciate always the content you guys have, and hope you have a great day. Thanks for the question, Corey. And, yeah, around the Nuggets in the Western Conference, things are not going great for a lot of teams out there. Like you mentioned, the injuries with Oklahoma City, of course, and San Antonio, which we all know about. Here's how I got the Western Conference right now. Not my final prediction. I'm saving that for a prediction piece on bsndenver.com this week before the opener. Golden State 1, Houston 2, Utah 3. I've still got Oklahoma City 4th. They might get off to a slow start, but I do think they'll be really good once they get everybody healthy and once they get Westbrook back and Robertson back later in the year. I've got Denver 5th right now. I've got the Lakers 6th, the New Orleans Pelicans 7th, and I've still got the Spurs 8th. So the injuries to San Antonio don't really bump Denver up at all for me. I already had Denver finishing above San Antonio in the Western Conference standings. The injuries to OKC, I could see why that could bump Denver up for a lot of people. I've still got the Thunder finishing with a slightly better record than the Nuggets, maybe by a game. I've got the Nuggets at 50 wins. Maybe the Thunder get 51 wins. Uh, then I've got the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the Spurs. I've still got the Spurs hanging on to a playoff spot. That doesn't really speak to how confident I am in the Spurs. It speaks to how I'm just not a believer in the Trailblazers or the Minnesota Timberwolves, all the drama around that team right now. That's my Western Conference standings for now. Not my final one. I'm not ready to lock it in yet, but Warriors, Rockets, Jazz, Thunder, Nuggets, Lakers, Pelicans, and the Spurs rounding out the top eight and maybe San Antonio gets in with like 43 wins or something. Thanks for the questions guys. As always, again, the total beverage fan hotline is one 800 BSN eight, three, nine, four. Thanks for the kind words about the intro. Been working on that for a while. So it was good to get that finally produced. And again, thanks for listening guys. As always, we'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk with you then.